This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Hey guys, it's Pastor Josh, Spiritual Formations Pastor. Pastor JB, Worship Arts Pastor here at Radiant Life. Hey, we want to invite you to join us uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, we release a podcast called Radiant Reflections, which we're about to record. But what should someone do uh, after they watch or listen to it? So Josh? they should subscribe. Yes. They should rate, yes. review, and share. Yes. Right? If you use social media, go ahead and share this on, on those platforms. Uh, just give us, a, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. It also helps feed the algorithm. Algorithm? The, the algorithm. animal algorithm. The algorithm animal. Yes. There you go. And for those of you that have come up to Josh or I on Sundays and let us know that you're watching Thank you. or listening, thanks a lot. That means a lot to it us. Does. And it helps us know that we're spending time wisely doing the right thing. So yeah, get out there, check out Radiant Reflections every Wednesday. Cool. I should have done one of these before. All right. We're good though. All right. Let's get you kind of like that. Squared away. There we go. All right. Episode seven. Episode seven. Here we are. Let's it do is. it. Cool. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Josh and Josh with episode seven yep. of Reading Reflections, which, <laughs> so, you know, we all, most of the staff, right? We call you JB. Mm -hmm. And, but all of the worship team calls you Josh. Yes. Really, right? Some of them will call me Brown. Some will call me JB. Okay. Yeah. So, but we had a, a fun little, not a mix up because it also got sent to you, I think. But. Oh, yeah. I got, <laughs> so our, our, our. Our big boss of yes. our region, right? I got I had an email last week in my inbox, and it was an invitation to lead worship at a at a regional conference. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to go to the other Josh because <laughs> oh, you're a worship leader too, so, Josh. You just uh, lead from another space. That's right. I mean, I'll do the punk rock thing and play bass. You probably not want me on the microphone <laughs> though. So, so there you go. So sometimes we get yeah. confused for one another. Apparently. Yep. Yeah, and I get confused for Kinsey all the time. You know, which is which is interesting. I mean, because you guys have the the beards. Yes, I mean, you're you're. I mean, here's what I say. Height wise, are you guys about the same height? About the same height. Yep. I say I tell people the same thing. I make this joke, and it's a dig on Kinsey. So if you're watching Kinsey, <laughs> I say I'm the one with the nice tattoos. So nice. I, I pick on him about his color blasted. He's got, he's got nice color, you know, a lot of color. I'm a black and gray uh, tattoo guy, but yeah, we both have a lot of tattoos. And so, and maybe similar mannerisms. I, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to pay attention. Okay. Just to see if you guys have some similar manner. Victoria right? at San Miguel's, which is one of, I won't say the best, one of the best Mexican restaurants in Sturgis, Michigan. Joshua likes. I, I like El Sambrador, which is yeah. good. It's yeah. really good. But Victoria, I was there the other day. Uh, she's awesome. So if you haven't met her, you should go check her out. But she definitely thought that I was Kinsey because she had, she was thanking me about praying for her because she had this whole thing happen to her. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, the Kinsey's are some of the best people I know. And I know they've been praying for you. So, uh, but yes. Nice. So this episode, did you already say episode seven? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Episode seven. I think so. Now let's talk about our coffee today. Yes. What are we okay. drinking? The coffee today is from Onyx. 
Oh, Onyx. did you pick this up when we were up at Matchhead? Yes. Is that what they did? Yes. This is Onyx Coffee Lab. I was mistaken. I thought Onyx was out of Texas, but they're in Arkansas, actually. They're a world-renowned uh, roaster, but this coffee was at Matchhead in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which if you are anywhere near Kalamazoo, Michigan, this is truly third-wave coffee. Like This is not a milk drink, uh, Starbucks kind of coffee shop. It's a real coffee shop. Ryan and the team there. He's the main barista. Fantastic job. This is a tropical fusion is, was the name of the blend. It's okay, an so espresso this, blend. So is this what you got that shot of the other day? Cause that was super sweet. Oh yes. So we were, we were yes. all as a staff, we were up in, uh, we spent a day up in Kalamazoo. Yes. And we went to this coffee shop twice. We went to this coffee shop twice. <laughs> it was so it was, good. It was worth it. Now, Hey, if you're in the Sturgis area, Five Lakes, yep. you should always go to Five Lakes. Yes. Uh, if you're downtown Kalamazoo, I don't, does Five Lakes have a downtown Kalamazoo? They're somewhere in Kalamazoo. Yeah, I don't know where they are in Kalamazoo, but they definitely do. Paul and Jared, good people of Five Lakes, they've got shops everywhere. But they've got that. But otherwise, if you're downtown Kalamazoo, this Matchhead place, it was great. Yes. I was I was raving about the apple pie tea latte at Five Lakes, yes. which is still probably my favorite drink ever. Uh, Matchhead had an apple pie latte. Theirs was a coffee-based drink versus mm. Five Lakes. It's a, it's a tea one. Uh, Matchhead's wasn't, it wasn't as sweet. Okay. But it was like a very smooth, as far as coffee mm. goes, super smooth. And then you let me try some of that shot that you had and it was crazy sweet. It yes. was, it was delicious not bitter not uh sour not it shouldn't make your face do this uh okay so you've had an apple pie tea based drink and an apple pie coffee based drink which do you prefer so i would i would still go with five legs with the the, the tea the tea because you're a tea, I'm, drink. I'm a tea yeah, drinker yeah, yeah. sure yeah i'm a tea sure. drinker okay so and again it just it was it was more of that like apple pie right in the face kind of thing like, <laughs> like in a good way you drank a, a liquid apple pie yes yes versus <laughs> i mean the one at match had was it was a little more subtle yeah delicious yeah and smooth like I, again i had two of them <laughs> so good <laughs> uh, so good but yes so yeah if you're downtown kalamazoo check out match head yeah. really cool vibe yeah. Like if you like if you if you've got time to just go sit in there, yeah, super cool vibe. So very very third wave coffee kind of place. And so, it's, okay, so you have to, but like there are some people. Okay, and and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Third I mean, wave. I know because I hang out with you, right? But I mean, like, yes. you're like what third wave coffee? What does that even so, mean? So third wave coffee is a, and there is fourth wave as well. But third wave coffee is a movement of coffee making and preparation that respects the farm. It respects the bean. It respects the people growing the coffee. And it also is a movement to brew coffee in really beautiful ways. So handcrafted coffee um, at, a, at a third wave shop, you're not going to get a lot of the milk drinks that you could get at Starbucks. You know, you're not going to get a Frappuccino. You're not going to get those kinds of things. Most third wave shops, in fact, will only have their own. And it's usually homemade mm. a vanilla syrup that they make. And that's it. You don't get caramel or any of that jazz um you'll get a very very simple menu you remember the menu there it looked mm -hmm. like a scrabble board mm -hmm. but i mean it, it's like maybe six or eight drinks and that's you, you kind of get what you get they may sometimes have what you had which is a seasonal, okay, like a drink. seasonal thing yeah yeah so third wave uh started in the mid 90s uh in seattle washington um starbucks was a part of that intelligentsia was a part of that and now we see uh quote unquote third wave shops that have opened up everywhere so, so also in the, in the mid nineties, right? Third yes. wave ska. Yes. Was that's <laughs> that was a thing. There you go. And that's you know, probably even a little bit cooler than coffee. But 
There you go. I love Scott music. And here we are, seven minutes so, in. Again, we're looking at our timer. Oh, hey, you know, but that's all right because we knew that we had a, yes, we had to kill some time. <laughs> yes, we did. But I do our, like what is, I'm because this is just I'm curious. What yeah. is fourth wave coffee? So fourth like, wave coffee, is, it, to my understanding, is an even more disciplined approach to coffee. So yeah, so you may even get less kinds of coffee. You may get uh, uh, yeah more elite. Uh, Hmm. what they call micro lots. So every coffee is sold by lot like Paul and Jared, you know, they may buy coffee. They'll buy, buy it by the kilo and they may buy, you know, a hundred kilos at a time. Um, but micro lots, you may only get one kilo. Like you get a couple pounds, mm -hmm. you get three, four pounds. So it's very, very, it's more snotty. There's probably no other okay. way to say it. it's more. It's a little more, more pretentious. Yeah. Yes, absolutely pretentious. Yep. There's there's no other way to say it. That's probably the best way to describe yep. it. All right, <laughs> there you go. So if you didn't know what third or fourth wave coffee was, now you do. Now you know. Yeah. You learned something today. Yeah. Hopefully, you learned more than just that. But if you don't, yeah, you learned something. <laughs> That's right. So hopefully, it made it worth uh, tuning in for episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and here's why we don't feel super bad like. Riffing. Kind of spitball in here, yeah. riffing like that's that's a good that's a good term. Speaking of which, sorry, I'm just gonna go all, dude. Curtis on the guitar yesterday, throwing down, man. Yes, I love it. Every worship team should have a metalhead yes. uh, playing lead guitar. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Curtis is no joke. He was. Yeah, he's a very very phenomenal. talented guitar player. Yeah. And even Rick with some of those chunky chunky like power yes. chords. He was there were, laying there were a couple of spots, some dynamics. And I just want to shout out Lion Lamp, James, like your bass tone. I don't know if any of the worship team did you hear the, the, podcast. the overdrive, dude. He had, but like yes. he was picking it. He just had fantastic tone. Like I had to look up because I'm like, oh man, it sounds like he's playing like a like a yeah. Ernie Ball Stingray. Like because yes. they've got kind of that that iconic tone yeah uh yeah good man the band they were the band awesome they were awesome yesterday so we had two uh ladies that were going to be leading yesterday rachel Banazek and R rasika keely and poor rachel she was not feeling well and the night before she couldn't she let rasika know rasika is such a champ she just jumped in and let them all <laughs> so i mean it's good we have a hats we have off a, to rasika we have a great team we so, do. They're amazing people. And then being on stage, uh, Dustin actually led the band yesterday, mm -hmm. which allowed me to noodle around with my cameras here and get a bunch of footage of something super cool that happened yesterday. Josh, yes. uh, tell the good people what so, uh, happened. So yesterday, and that's, that's what, you know, we're, we're kind of just like spitballing a little bit here because yeah. quite frankly, we didn't really have a message yesterday. No. Um, we had baptisms. And we mm -hmm. celebrated baptisms, right? We this is people taking their next steps in their in their faith journey, and we had originally, I think we had thirteen people signed up. That's right. By the time we closed the doors yesterday, we had forty people get baptized. So it was unbelievable. It was pretty so awesome. why were the people for those that may that might not be normal for them? So 30, 13 meaning these are people that we talked to before, and they were like yes. registered, like they were planning on getting baptized. Tell everybody else, where did the other 27 people come from? So we do, and and some people think this is odd, right? Mm -hmm. Some people question this, and, and that's all right. You're allowed. You can question whatever you want. Um, but we call it spontaneous baptism. So after we mm -hmm. do the ones that are are planned, the ones that have scheduled, we open it up. Say, hey, man, if, if, if you feel like Holy Spirit is prompting you in this moment mm -hmm. to, man, I keep looking at the screen instead of the camera. That's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> 
But if Holy Spirit is prompting you, everyone everyone watching is like, what what the heck is Josh he staring at? at? Like what what's what's over there that's so important? Let's just say it. So right behind the camera, like back here, there is another screen, a multi-screen, and it shows uh this camera angle, which is right here, right? Then it shows this camera angle right there. And then it shows this camera angle. And I have a switcher right here. And I'm just manually switching the the things to keep it interesting for you good people who took your time to watch it. So he got mad skills. He's like talking about stuff and he's like hitting buttons. But it's just like, three buttons. But it, hey, that's three you know more I mean? than I would want to be responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> so now you are on screen, Josh. Yes. yes. So uh, spontaneous baptism. This is like as people are prompted by Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, like if this is something you're supposed to do right now to respond, to publicly declare your faith, mm-hmm. right? then we open it up for them to do that. And so obviously we had a boatload yes. of people uh, that they just, they felt prompted. I felt like one of the coolest things about yesterday's baptismal services, there were numerous people who it was either their first time or their second time ever coming to our church. Like, dude, there was, that's crazy. So did you hear, there was a gal and I don't want, I don't want to like, I won't name names, right? But sure. Just because I, I want to respect privacy. Although they they did this like on and our it was broadcast service, yeah. but <laughs> but there was a woman. I was talking to her after the service. She was at Walmart. Did you hear this? Did no. you hear this gal's story? No. She was at Walmart watching our live stream and felt Holy Spirit. Come on, dude. <laughs> this is for real. This is for real. This lady Whoa. is at Walmart watching our live stream. And felt Holy Spirit prompting her. Leave the store? Like, you got to go. You got to go to Radiant Life Church. And you got to do that. <laughs> what in the world? And she did. So I'm talking to this to oh this woman. She was, it was a great conversation. If you are watching, you know who you are. It was, it was awesome to be able to talk to you afterwards. I cannot um, wait to talk to our tech team about this <laughs> that actually put on the broadcast. We've got camera operators. We've got pro presenter people. We've got a, a video producer. Uh, we have a sound engineer who yesterday, our sound engineer was Paul Spencer, who is in London, England. Mixing sound from from England, I totally want to do like a British accent, but I, know. I, I would it would just I, be <laughs> Paul. Poor, if you ever see this, we need Miles. It's, it's here. because I respect you. Yes, and Miles too. Miles could totally do it. Miles is another one of our bass players who is from England. Yep, yeah, it's good stuff. You always have we talked about accents on here, right? That's one of those things, like a British accent. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure, like you come out onto the stage with a British accent, you automatically like I'm assuming you're at Intelligent. least ten points smarter on the IQ scale. There's, there's and, some real uh, research behind that. And sadly, if you have a really, really, really Southern draw to your, to your, uh, even you could be a doc, have your PhD, but people think that with a Southern accent, yeah, you you're lose, less you'll intelligent. Lose, you'll lose 10 which or so points. It's too bad so. because it's not true, but yeah. I wonder why that is. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So baptism. Entomology. So we, yeah, so we, <laughs> we celebrate baptism. And so we just, we're going to spend a couple of minutes just yeah kind of kicking around some ideas. Now this- I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. Don't take anything that we say. <laughs> yeah. Don't just take for granted that it's it's true because some of it might be us kicking around ideas. And, and we are. And, you know, before you know. we hit the red buttons, we were we were kind of talking about that riffing on, you know, what are we going to actually talk about about baptism? And, you know, I was thinking this morning, actually, Josh, before we got here, and I thought this might be good and helpful. What if we took each of us took two or three minutes 
and we just told our own baptismal stories. Like, what did that look like for you? Like, tell, okay. tell, tell people about what happened for you with baptism. How yeah. Did you I mean, so it? I was, um, uh, I was, man, I'm trying to think of my timeline. I mean, cause I was, I was, I grew up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Spent my whole life in the church, you know, which is awesome. Right? Sometimes you almost feel like there's some disadvantages cause it can be easier to just kind of feel like you're in cause mm-hmm. you go to church. Uh, and you know, I did love that Ryan talked about that idea of owning your faith. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's an important, uh, you know, fork in the road for people. Right. Cause you can't just coast on mom and dad's faith. Right. But I mean, all, all that's it. Like I, I would, I'm glad that I grew up in the church. I'm glad mm-hmm. that I had parents that took me to church, grandparents that yeah. prayed for me. Like I wouldn't, I would not trade that for anything, but I grew up in the church and it was one of those things where, yeah, you know, I was in, but at the age of 17, I was on a mission trip in, in Chile, South America. Mm-hmm. And and that was a that was kind of a defining moment in my life where Holy Spirit really kind of uh, showed up in a cool way in my life. So that was that on the was, mission field. Uh, yeah, when we were cool. on that mission trip. So That's I went cool. I went with my whole family, uh, like all my brothers and sisters, my parents, a couple of other families from from our church at the time. Mm-hmm. Like we were all there. We had a huge group of yeah. us down there. Um, but yeah towards the end of the trip we had the the pastor that kind of hosted us down there like we just had this time of prayer and yeah so holy spirit met me in a cool way it was a it was another couple of years before i actually mm-hmm. got water baptized mm-hmm. uh and for me some of it was was fear right like i okay. like i wasn't i wasn't shy about my faith per se but like I, I do not like to be the center of attention, mm. even to the point where like one of my least favorite experiences in the world uh, is opening presents in front of other people. Like I was just talking about this to somebody like else. Christmas like, or birthday? Either. Like I made my parents wow. promise to not throw me birthday parties growing up. Wow. Because I did not want I didn't want to sit in front of my friends and open presents. This is literally the exact opposite of what about ninety nine percent of kids. <laughs> sorry, kids, if you're watching, but yeah. <laughs> But no, so I I did not like it made me very uncomfortable to be in the spotlight. Wow. So and and I wrestled with baptism because of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't I don't want all these people looking at me. And they will. And they will. I mean, because that's that, I mean did. it's it's a public event, right? Yeah. You're publicly declaring your faith. So yeah. by definition, you are in front of other people. Right. Um so yeah, so it was it was a couple of years before I did that. But it was like, nope, like you need to be obedient in this, you have to take this step. And so I did. I got I got baptized in uh, our pastor at the time, he had a pool because we we had we bounced around to different locations. We never had a facility that had a baptismal. So mm-hmm. in the warmer months, we went out to, to Pastor John's pool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he dunked me. And, and was, what was it? What so you had this encounter uh, on the mission field? Maybe two years later, you uh, sensed what, what was the, how did you come to terms two years later with wanting to be baptized? What was the switch that was flipped that made you feel, was it a message? Was it a, a person? Like, how did you? Uh, I think it was, it was just conversations, probably, you know, again, okay. with the past the time again. And, and really it was in a sense, the weight of weight of obedience. Like, are you going to be a, obedient in this? So you heard but, people saying, whether in church or in conversation, obedience to God post accepting jesus is being water baptized it's part of it okay part of it yeah and, okay. it, and it's that public declaration right mm-hmm. which i mean sometimes you'll see people go to romans 10 10 mm-hmm. it says believe in your heart and 
declare or yep. profess with your mouth confess, right? and, yeah. and that that has like public connotations yeah uh in there yeah so you know you see you see that idea of of publicly declaring yeah. your faith it's not contrary to what a lot of people in our culture believe it's not a private thing right your faith is not no it's not this private event that you yeah. can just kind of keep to yourself yeah that's we're missing it with that all right what, i agree what was your uh baptism you know, for me, uh, and Josh, you know my story, uh, born and raised in the church, um, just a handful of days before my 20th birthday, so I was 19, got radically saved, radically uh, delivered from uh, a life of addiction and and just immorality altogether. Um, and immediately when I got saved, I had, because it was such a radical kind of difference you know it was like it was like a light switch like i was this way the next day john three nicodemus experience mm. you know born again experience uh i just sensed i was supposed to go back to the church that i grew up in i will go back to the church i grew up in and within a month i had this uh i had a compulsion like i felt compelled like mm. i ha i felt like i had to get baptized I didn't know why necessarily I was feeling that, but the the things that were rolling through my mind were, you know, I, I had to bear witness mm. of what, what had taken place in my life, you know, the change that had taken place. And I remember, uh, he's actually an elder at a church right down the street from us. Rick Recklau is his name. He's one of the elders of our, uh, of our church. I grew up with him. Uh, he baptized me in a in a baptismal. We had sunk down in a stage, just like a lot of churches do. And they, you know, our pastor did the same thing at that time. You know, do you have anything you want to share? You know, um, several hundred people out there. And I remember saying the same thing uh, that it was in my mind. I'm thinking, I'm free. Mm. I'm free. And this baptismal, this this experience of baptism was was an outward declaration of what had happened to me, you know, on the inside. And so uh, I didn't feel different. I mean, that maybe that's a corner turn there. You mean, you know, I think some people go into the, the waters of baptism expecting like a b lightning bolt or a beam of light to mm -hmm. hit them, you know, Maybe talk. Maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Like what, what to expect. You well, know, yeah. And that's, and, and that's where, you know, um, the people that, uh, in a sense, object to this idea of spontaneous baptism, mm -hmm. right? they're like, man, well, how do you process through this with people? Because typically, mm -hmm. you know, with the people that sign up, we, you know, we have them submit a kind of a form, mm -hmm. right? But we get some information on them and mm -hmm. we also have space to have a conversation. Like, well, yeah, what is baptism to you? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you actually think this is? Because every now and then you'll have a conversation with somebody. They're like, oh man, like, you know, life is really hard, man. I should get baptized because then things will get better. It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And it, it's not, it's not some magical thing, right? I mean, there's spiritual significance to it for sure, but you know, baptism is not this way to, what is it to fix all the problems? So let's talk and, about and this that. is where we we'll see where where we'll see yeah. where this conversation goes. Yeah. You know, based on what something <laughs> you were saying earlier, but I mean there is there is at least symbolic value, right? Scripture talks about mm -hmm. this idea of of 
being buried with Christ, right? So baptism kind of is this the symbolism of being mm-hmm. buried with Christ and then brought back to life, mm-hmm. right? which you read all through Paul's writing. He talks about yeah. how we have died to these things, mm-hmm. right? But there's also, you know, we're raised with Christ. And the waters of baptism are at least symbolic mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, now, where it gets interesting is you have you have people that would add salvation properties mm-hmm. to baptism. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not Catholic. I've never been Catholic. Mm-hmm. My understanding within the the, the Catholic faith, uh, they would do infant baptism, and they would view that as having salvation mm-hmm. properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the Reformed tradition, and we were I, so I was baptized as an infant. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents had me baptized as right. an infant. Uh, they do not view it as salvation, but there's a and I'm totally drawing a blank on the reference. But there's a passage that talks, talks about, about the whole household. Well, so there are passages that talk mm-hmm. about the household. You see yes. this in in the book of Acts. Yes, um, but you also have the idea that a baptism is the new circumcision. Yes. So baptism is the the new. Well, you probably need to talk a little bit about that okay. first. <laughs> so within Judaism, right? Well, so this not even just Judaism, but within the faith that God gave Jewish people well, right. before so, they so, were even Jewish. Well, you're right. So what? We'll, we'll yeah. actually we'll go all the way back to Abraham. Yes. Right. You Good. read Genesis chapter twelve, mm-hmm. starting there. You see, you see God show up to this guy, some guy living in a pagan world yeah. right he's Ur of the chaldees right he's like just mm-hmm. hanging out god yep. shows up and he says hey abe i want you to i want you to move <laughs> and and abraham even as far as we know he yeah. has no pre-existing knowledge of right. of yahweh right the no. god of <laughs> probably has heard of yahweh from the neighboring nations because he was mighty on behalf of god's people um but yeah didn't doesn't sound like he was in covenant right which is we need to get to the covenant <laughs> side of baptism, but it starts with, I think, right. I agree with you, circumcision so, and the Red Sea. Right. So he comes, he comes and he, he comes to Abraham and he says, Hey, like, I'm going to do some really cool things through you. Right. You fast forward to Genesis chapter 15. We see this really cool narrative of a covenant that God makes with, mm-hmm. with Abraham. And it's, it's unique in a couple of ways. One, it's one sided, right? We, we normally think of contracts. Right? We don't really mm-hmm. usually think in terms of covenants, right? But in Genesis 15, you have you have, you know, God tells Abraham, "He's like, hey, go get these animals, cut them in half," which is significant for the way that they did covenants, right? It's it's actually you can read yeah. some ancient literature, and it's pretty, it's pretty brutal sounding actually. Like, oh yeah, like you would. So let let's say JB and I are gonna you know make a covenant about something, right? We're gonna go grab a cow and a goat and a chicken and whatever, and we're gonna chop them in half. Yeah, right, and then. And you you pass through you pass through the animals and and it's yes. it's the it's two saying, halves yeah it's saying hey like if I don't do what I'm covenanting with you like may it be to me as is these animals there's I was reading some ancient text and it's it was a covenant I mean and it it's like going into great detail about like oh this isn't this isn't the torn off like leg of a lamb. This is the torn off leg of Bob if he doesn't do what he said. I mean it's it's brutal. Yes, it's brutal. So. The unique thing about the covenant with Abraham is, well, Abram at the time, mm-hmm. is only God passes through, right? So, so Abraham's he, sleeping. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. 
And God is as represented by this this fire pot, like he passes through mm-hmm. the two halves of the animal, mm-hmm. which sets up this whole unique thing, right? And you have this idea of of grace, you know, despite disobedience. Mm. Because Abram's not a perfect dude. No. He screws up repeatedly. Yes. God's people that come from Abram screw up repeatedly, yet God is faithful yes. to the covenant that he made. Uh, but part of this covenant is you know, now God tells Abram, hey, like as a as a sign of the covenant that we have, you and every dude in your household, in your lineage, you have to be circumcised, yep. right? The removal of the foreskin. Look, uh, maybe don't Google it. <laughs> if you're like, what is that? Nope. <laughs> no, nope, nope, nope. Don't, don't Google it. You're going to get some uh, yucky stuff. <laughs> Y'all know what circumcision That's is. That's right. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. People are. Yeah, yeah. People are. Yeah. Whatever. So he says that's that's the covenant sign. And within their culture then, like as new members were born into the family, like at eight days old. That's right. You would be circumcised. Yes. Which, man, you feel bad for, for Abraham because he was not eight days old when this happened. He was grown. <laughs> he was like he was like a full grown dude. And and Sarah calls him a husband of blood. <laughs> you know, she she gets irritated because uh, when this happens and they're grown and God's called them to, you are a husband of blood to me. Uh, but what's interesting, Josh, is that everyone who wants to join themselves to Yahweh must be circumcised. Circumcision is part of that. It was it was the entry point into covenantal relationship, not only yes. with God but with God's people. Mm-hmm. So if we think of it, covenantal relationship with God, meaning his kingdom, yes. and then his people as his church, then we also see this image of the Red Sea. What about that? Red Sea, well, you're gonna, you'll go down that ramp round. Okay. Because <laughs> we didn't talk about that before. <laughs> so we know that as God's people are coming out of Egypt, the enemies of God are, are behind him, Pharaoh. They change their mind. We know the story. And they come to the shores of the Red Sea and God calls them, uh, it calls uh, Moses to put his staff down and the seas would part. And it says that by faith, they would walk through on dry ground. Okay. And uh, many people believe that this is a symbol of baptism because they are delivered. The baptism brings an actual deliverance because as they pass through, we all know the story, God's people pass through and Pharaoh and his people follow behind. And when Pharaoh's people fall behind, the baptism that they receive is not the same. Yeah, that's that's different. (laughs) They get a baptism of judgment, not of deliverance. God's people are perfectly healthy and well on the other side of the Red Sea, the other shoreline. And the waves and the, the volume of water crash over Pharaoh and all of their chariots and they are destroyed. Uh, so there is this, this sense that baptism, uh, and I love how you've, you've connected it to circumcision, Josh, and I, I agree with you, but the idea that covenantally it is connected with entering God's kingdom and becoming connected with God's people. Now, those of you watching, you are probably seeing JB, Josh is tinkering on the side of saying <laughs> you have to be baptized to be saved. I am not <laughs> saying that. I'm merely talking about what we're observing in scripture. I don't know 
And I, I certainly would not want to say that you have to be because there's a, okay, we've got the thief on the cross that where Jesus says, but what was paradise, right? We don't, we don't have time to get into that. We're going, we're going crazy sideways. <laughs> but I mean, what did we talk about initially, Josh? We talked about cruciformity. Cruciformity is this idea. What does it mean to live a crucified life? Okay. So you, you alluded to this early or a few minutes ago. You said uh, that the waters of baptism, uh, they actually depict a death. So I don't know how you felt yesterday, but as I was watching people being immersed in the water, there was one gentleman and, and, and I've seen him a number of times at our church. I don't know who he was, but he was, he was very emotional. God uh, and Pastor Karen was behind me and Karen began to pray out loud and I could hear you. We both could sense the Holy Spirit was moving on this guy's life and you could tell what he was dealing with. There was a grief and a sorrow. I could see it on him. And he knew, it's like, when I'm going under this water, I'm dying. I am going to die. But then coming up out of the water, there's this cleansing and this this picture of new life. So it's very much about uh, under the water, nailed to the cross, stone rolled away, Jesus is resurrected out of the water. So there's death and resurrection in this imagery and this symbol of going underneath the water. Uh, and we even we even know that Jesus uh, speaks of himself, and or Paul says of Jesus that he is the first fruits mm. of those being resurrected. Like he's the first one. He's unleavened as well. We're talking about feast things here now from Leviticus twenty three. Uh, but baptism, I, I, it's, it's. I, there's mystery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because because that's why I say it's at least symbolic. I love that way you said uh, that. I at mean, least. And you know, again, we're not we're not saying that you need it. And and this is a question that people ask. Well, do you have to have it? You know, to to be saved. Mm-hmm. And and people will reference First uh, Peter three. Uh, mm-hmm. It says this in First Peter three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking. Peter's talking about a whole bunch of stuff. He's talking about suffering. He talks about Noah, um, and he talks about the flood. And then he says this in First Peter three twenty one. Excuse me. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And people will look at that and say, what says baptism saves you? And I would say, well, if you if you hold that in conjunction with everything else that we see Mm -hmm. about salvation, where it talks about it's through by grace, through faith alone, not of works. To now say, oh, except this one work. You have to do this one work, right? So so if you hold it in conjunction with that, it's like, okay, I don't think that's what what Peter is saying. Right. I would would suggest that it's more, he is what baptism represents. Again, baptism is a a representation Mm -hmm. of faith that has already happened. Um, I don't know if you want to. Well, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking if you are born again, if you have encountered the living God, if you have confessed and repented of your sins, why would you not want to do this? What would be the reasoning behind it? Uh, what would be keeping you from the waters of baptism? And you kind of talked about it in your own story. You said, you know, there was some fear there. Mm-hmm. There was some, you know, trepidation. Like, what does it mean? Um, and kind of to follow up what you said there, Mark 1, 4 uh, John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for 
the forgiveness of sins. There's a lot of language (laughs) in the Gospels, and there's a lot of language from Paul and even from Jesus that equates baptism with forgiveness. Now, is it is it a baptism because you were forgiven? Or or are you forgiven because you were baptized? Yes. Kind of like a chicken or the egg. (laughs) And I cannot help but lean towards what you said, which is you are baptized because you are forgiven. You are baptized because you are forgiven. And I love the way you and Kinsey talk about this when you challenge. Pam has said this too, as hosts uh, for our, our services. If, and Ryan said it too, if you haven't been baptized, for those watching or those listening, if you haven't been baptized, you're a follower of Jesus, that is your next step. Talk a lot about next steps. Well, do I read, you know, read through the Bible in a year? Do I sign up for a life group? Do I da 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 da? Join the worship team, do, do these different. Yes, sure. Well, that's all great. But your next step of obedience is baptism. Now, think about the story of Jesus being baptized. You, you, you've got another verse here, but. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, keep going. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm thinking of when Jesus was baptized, he he comes to the Jordan River and he comes to uh, um, John the Baptist and John is baptized and Jesus comes to him and says, uh, I need to be baptized. And John says, what? <laughs> what do you mean you need to be baptized? And how am I going to be the one to baptize you? And Jesus says something pretty amazing. Jesus says, let it be done so that we can fulfill, so that I can fulfill all obedience. Jesus was not being baptized for forgiveness of sins. No. So what was his baptism but a symbolic example of what his followers, his apprentices should be doing. Right. And and if Jesus, who did not need any sort of repentance or forgiveness of sins, mm-hmm. right, if, if he went through the process yeah right? and and All we as as mm. followers of jesus right as christians as as people who want to follow in the footsteps of jesus yeah like what how do we think we can skirt around mm-hmm. uh the practice mm-hmm. so yeah I, I definitely think that's something that we're called to and again in my case like there was there was fear at some point you, you have to and I, and I and i i don't want to oversimplify this but at some point you have to get over that mm-hmm. right like i mean there's a boldness required in following Jesus, right? Like these were, <laughs> and we live in a pretty easy society mm-hmm. to follow Jesus in, right? There are cultures around the world where like you, you follow Jesus, they kill you. Yep. Right. And, and yet there are people that still do these things and they, and they gather and they, you know, yeah. I don't know. So for us to do it out of fear again, and I was there, I was there. So I'm not, please don't hear this as, as judgment, but I would, mm-hmm. I would encourage you if you, if you have, not been baptized out of any sort of fear to start asking Holy Spirit for that boldness to obey. Cause mm-hmm. it really is that right. It's, it's, it's an act of obedience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's blessing in it. Baptism is not this, you know, magical ceremony, mm-hmm. but there is blessing in obedience, mm-hmm. right? When we step out in obedience to what Holy Spirit calls us to do, uh, there's, there's blessing there. And, you know, Josh, I have actually talked to some people who their baptism experience, maybe it wasn't, um, you know, it was a process for them to come to terms with the fact that they needed to be baptized, but it was a memorial stone in their life. Mm. Like it was this kind of turning point where, you know, they had this connection with God definitely, but when they were like, okay, it's time for me. There was like a corner turn, mm. like a lift, like, like God's like, okay, 
I know you are afraid and I know you uh, are, are ready to, to tell the world that you're a follower of me. And because of that, I'm going to bless you with more presence or more. Um, and, and if you think about it, what, what else does Jesus say? If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. And that's scary. That's, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> so that comes back to that work question. Are there works of faith that are a part of our justification? <laughs> the exact opposite is true, right? We know that the exact opposite is true. There are certain works of the flesh, things that we do, sins that we can commit. We've talked about some of those in previous episodes, that if we practice them, meaning we continue in them, the Bible's so clear. There's, 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 a, there's an exclusion from the kingdom. not inherit the kingdom of God. So... If that is true, can the exact opposite also be true? That there are certain things that we need to do and should do as followers of Christ um, that speak, represent what actually has happened in our hearts. I contest that there is. Well, I would say so too. Right? I mean, and you go to you go to James, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's one passage where he talks about the city of faith and works. Mm-hmm. And he's got people that are like, oh, I've got faith. And he's like, show me the works that that demonstrate your faith, right? Yeah. Our, our faith is, that's why I say it's not a private thing. It's not a passive thing. Mm-hmm. Like your faith will produce. It will produce, right? We talk about fruit of the spirit. Like that is a yes. a production of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you see like just the, the, the idea of transformation, right? Mm-hmm. Romans 12, like be transformed, right? Yeah. Something happens. Yes. Changes happen happen like there are mm-hmm. things that we do uh i think there are works that that you know kind of propel us towards you know, like sanctification mm-hmm. right like it's it's this constant lifelong process of being shaped more into the person uh mm. that looks like jesus cruciformity yeah i i i have this picture in my mind and this will maybe make sense to you those listening or watching, um, you know, in our community, we have a lot of uh, people of the Amish faith, right? Good people. Um, I like to say faith is the horse that pulls the cart or the buggy of good works. <laughs> like if you think about going down the road in Shipshawana, Indiana, you never see the buggy in front of the horse, like the horse is nudging it along with his nose and pushing the people, the occupants inside the Amish buggy down the road. We never see that, right? Works, faith is the horse that pulls the buggy of good works. It's it's yoked. There's a yoke between this horse and this buggy and they just follow along. They just come along naturally, organically. If there's a connection it's organic, just like mm-hmm. you said. You know, if a, if a branch falls to the ground and dies, and it's not connected to the, I've never seen an apple branch fall on the ground and then apples pop up, continue to grow while right, it's yeah. just laying on the ground. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So there are some works uh, that we need to be be considering as followers of Jesus. Yeah, I think sometimes in the in a, in a desire to avoid a works based gospel. Mm-hmm. Right, the the idea that you are saved mm-hmm. because of the things that you do, right? That you can earn favor or merit with God mm-hmm. by doing. Oop. Well, hey, I I did this and I did this and I did this. All yeah. right, so God is probably happy with me now. So I I did enough good things, right, to get saved. Like it doesn't it doesn't work like that. No. That's where when it talks about you know we're we're saved by great right. This is a gift of God that we receive through faith. 
But as we do that, mm-hmm. like our life is changed, mm-hmm. which plays out in works by so, grace through faith. Yes. Did by I say that? Did grace, I say that? Did I no, say you that said it right. You said through faith, oh. but I think it's important uh, for for us to say that you know Ephesians two eight. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So the impetus, the way that this begins is is God extends a gift of grace to you to have faith, and then you choose this faith. Through that faith, you're saved. So some people will say, and my my Reformed friends (laughs) will say, well, that was irresistible grace. 99% of my family. (laughs) Yeah, it's irresistible grace. And, And boy... That's a whole other podcast because I do, the older I get, the more I lean towards reformed thinking. I do. In some way. In, in, some, in some ways. ways right? Yeah. But not completely because Uncle, I definitely believe in free will. Uncle Dave, if you're watching, we'll have to have you on for another episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you that haven't gone back and watched, we actually, so my my uncle, uh, mm-hmm. I love him dearly. Uh, my uncle is a pastor in a mm-hmm. reformed church and we had him in for a conversation. This was a couple of years ago. It's about the Holy Spirit. About the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. I love my uncle. If you're looking for somebody else to listen to preaching, uh, mm-hmm. he's great. First uh, CRC of Hudsonville. You can go yep. check him out. And but, he was he was coming to the table from a cessationist perspective right ish ish Ish. we we assumed he would but But it it was it was and then (laughs) we had luke eicher who's a pastor of the great church right right close to us grace fellowship in sturgis and we kind of i kind of had the understanding that he would be a little bit more pentecostal in the way that he perceives the holy spirit it was so biblical both of these guys yes came with such a solid solid uh representation of the scriptures it was cool. Great yeah. episode. It was really good. Yeah, so, so you can go back and check that out. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Dave, uh, again, if you're watching or listening, maybe we'll have to have you on for uh, another episode. Yeah, definitely. That'd be, definitely. That'd be good. So, uh, we, What are we landing on here, Josh? You got know. some scriptures up. Well, I was, I was actually, I got a... So you read Ephesians 2.8, but keep going. 2.10. Well, Ephesians 2.9. Salvation is not a road. This is reading the New Living Translation. Yeah. Everybody teases me for liking that, but it's readable. I yeah. love it. It's it's good stuff. Uh, Ephesians 2, 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. So there are, <laughs> like, there are things that we are to do, right? They don't save us, but having been saved... There's, there's stuff we got to do. There's purpose and meaning there. I'll read it from uh, the got, CSB, CSB version here. So uh, two, eight through 10, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. Now we're talking about salvation. Watch how things kind of change here for we are his workmanship. We are his poema is the Greek word, Ooh, which out means Greek. poem. Yeah. Created in Christ Jesus. Why were you made? What's the purpose? Let's get existential here. What's the meaning of life? For we are his work, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created and made to do something which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So the sovereignty of God saw who you were. He shaped and made you in your mother's womb, knowing that you would hear some reform stuff here, knowing that you would have uh, these gifts that he's given. You were made and created to walk in those good works that he's, he's given you. And I think that's why we have uh, things like discover purpose. Mm. 
a place where you can discover your purpose. Right. Like you can learn what does Ephesians, and I'm going to just throw my plug out here. I want to have a kiosk in the <laughs> lobby at the church called the 210 he's, Center. He's talked about this the for a couple of years now. And I, and I think it's a really good idea. Ephesians 210. And it would say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. What are you supposed to do? Get to get to uh, discover purpose, and and that that applies to every single follower of Jesus, right? Yes. Not not some select few or the staff, the twenty percent right. or the church staff, right? Right, like you as a follower of Jesus have things that God planned ahead of time mm-hmm. for you to do. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be obedient in doing those things? Do you I, know I mean, what they are? The, right. I mean, I mean, which mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of like the balls in your court to kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is a lot of us. Don't ever even do that. Yeah, we just we just show yeah. up and we we watch the show. Yeah, every every Sunday and yep. and we're content with that. And I so. think a lot of us have gone down the road. I I can say I'm 43. Walk with Jesus uh, 24 years now. I thought I knew what I was shaped and made to do over a period of time, and and so there is a time discovery in learning what this poem is learning what the works are, what was I created and made to do. But when you find that, um, there is a sweet spot of ministry. There's a, there's a space of peace and where there, it's not that it's not hard, <laughs> but it's not a grind where it's not life-giving. Right. There's, there's, there's a joy in living mm-hmm. into our purpose. Right. And I, and I would mm-hmm. say to you too, maybe, maybe 20 years ago you figured out, oh, Hey, this is what God wants me to do. Great. Mm-hmm. What does he want you to do right now? Yeah. I would suggest that it's not a set it and forget it season kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I would say the same thing with spiritual gifts. Like mm-hmm. there are people like, oh no, nope, yeah. I have this gift and that's just the gift I get. I, I agree. Like, Holy Spirit is the giver. He can Amen. give you whatever gift he wants, whenever he wants Amen. in whatever season you're in to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So yeah, we have to, we have to constantly, what it, what it does, right? It puts us in this place of constantly depending on the guidance of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Cause if 30 years ago, you're like, Oh, Holy Spirit told me what to do. Now I'm just kind of cruising on my own wrong. Like that's, we're, right. we're doing it wrong. Right. Right. You, you see in scripture, this, this imagery of the shepherd, right? The imagery, like God is a good shepherd. Like, I don't know if you paid attention to shepherds in the, in the Middle East or not. Like it's a constant, like you're not just like putting them out to pasture and like, oh, all right, guys, go mm-hmm. the Kali will chase you in later. Right. Mm-hmm. It, that's not, <laughs> that's not the way it works. And they will too. Like, like it's, it's, it's just this, it's a constant leading and guiding mm-hmm. and correcting and, and pulling out of the ditch and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So we need, we need yeah. to lean in, in all these things mm-hmm. to just constant submission to the guidance of Holy Spirit. Amen. So. And we would tell you, you know, if you didn't get a chance to watch uh, yesterday's message, now you're going to be watching this on Wednesday, so not yesterday's message, today's Monday. Uh, the past Sunday's message uh, would have been November 13th, 2022. Check it out. Go watch that and just see uh, what happened. Listen to some of the things that the people shared. Uh, listen to some of the stories. Um, I think you'd be encouraged. And if you if you have any questions about baptism, uh, connect with Josh or I, connect with Pastor Ryan, uh, Pastor Brandon. Uh, we would love to talk with you about baptism and what it uh, what it means and how you can take that next step. I've heard rumor that we've got uh, another one coming up. Yeah, I don't think we have a date and we might just randomly put the baptismal up and <laughs> just go for it. And just go for it. Yeah. So there you go. But that's, that's the thing. Just yeah. uh, be asking if, if yeah. you haven't done that. Uh, what does it look like for you, you to step out and, mm-hmm. and take that uh, 
that plunge, literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, this has been a good episode, Josh. We kind of came into it thinking we, we wouldn't have much to say. We're 50 minutes. In, oh my goodness. Like. We got, we there did we it. Go. You know? So. Um, so yeah, if you're, um, if you would, as we mentioned, uh, we've mentioned before, would you like, uh, subscribe to this podcast. I only, I only listen to and watch the, I listen to the podcast. I subscribe to, I watch the YouTube channels that I'm subscribed to. So if you're not subscribed, we want to encourage you to do that. That'll get, uh, this content directly to your, your, your apps on your phone, whatever podcast app you use or YouTube app. Um, and then what else can they do, Josh, to help us out uh, with Radiant Reflections? So again, if you use social media, go ahead and share this on yes. that platform. If it was beneficial. Again, if it wasn't, then you know, maybe you don't want to share it. But yep. if it was beneficial, share it. You know, <laughs> throw it up on your Facebook page or yeah. you know, whatnot, link yep. it. Um, yeah, write us a review, rate it, all those good things. Help the uh, the magical algorithm of wonder. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yes. which sounds really mathematical to me. It, well, it is exactly mathematical. So, That's what an algorithm is. Um, and there is, but I think there's dark magic mixed in with it as well. So what's so, the difference? So math was always my weakest subject. What's the difference between an algorithm and a logarithm? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, you, math was my worst subject. Too. If you know, put it in the comments. You know who would know? <laughs> Sean Wrench would know. Uh, he would. He would. He was And also probably teacher. Craig who figured out the, you know, the whole like hundred miles. Craig One degree off kind okay. of thing. Okay. So Craig or Sean, if you're watching this. Yeah. What's the difference between an algorithm and a logarithm? We get sideways. I'm really bad at math. So, all right, but hey, join us next time. Yes. (laughs) We'll talk about something new and it'll be good. So we'll see you next time for episode eight. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.